am a head for business and a bod for sin. Is there anything wrong with that? It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Happy Saturday. Happy day before the Super Bowl. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We are Manson Mitchell. We're in your ears for the hour if our luck holds up. And that in no small part is due to the efforts of Nathan. Tall guy Nathan, who's there at the board. Always a pleasure to be with you every Saturday. Hey, good morning, Gary. I was waiting to ask, get ready for you to say, how are you doing? But I guess I'm just jumping on right now. And I'm know just what? going loose leaf. I'm just bebopping and scatting over okay, here. Okay, Nathan, how are you? Doing great. And you know, I think, yes, no, about three weeks ago when the playoffs for the NFL were starting leading up to the Super Bowl, you called it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the home field for the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. That's just such a remarkable incentive. And when you have Tom Brady, even a 43-year-old Tom Brady, you never count them out. So I thought that maybe there was a little magic left in that passing arm of his. And no matter how much pressure is in the football, he handles pressure well. You know, it's <laughs> deflate gate humor. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> so who knows what surprises await us tomorrow in Tampa. But it's getting crazy. Suzanne and I, of course, live in Sarasota, an hour south of Tampa, and you've got all these stands popping up where they're selling Bucks gear. Oh, yeah. I remember those days when the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl for a Super Bowl 48. Yes. Yes, indeed. And It's so like they're everywhere. Just time. every street corner, you'll see a little uh, tent that somebody just threw up and then put on a bunch of custom-made uh, merchandise for the team, and they would be selling them to the public and. Oftentimes, they had really cool stuff because they were, like I said, custom-made, so really unique, and not everybody else is wearing them. That is very true. So uh, we won't use the word bootleg. I like custom-made. That's such a charming euphemism. It, it is. I like that. <laughs> very good. So we'll be here. And uh, stay socially distanced, folks. Dr. Fauci is uh, at advising us to be careful about those. No uh, Super Bowl parties. Yeah, you know, if you have immediate family there with you. I mean, it's just Suzanne and myself, so we're going to be having a, a maybe several bowls with a variety of chips and dips. It'll look like New Year's Eve around here. There you go. And I have some adult beverages on hand. I'm there not driving go. anywhere, so we'll watch the game, and, and who knows? Any prediction, Nathan? You know, I'm thinking probably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to take it away and just it's going to be a close game, really offensive. Probably, I want to say each team's going to score at least 20 points, but I think Tampa Bay is going to be walking away with the win. My goodness, it's on the record. That would be something to see. And so we will see whether it happens or not. Excellent. Well, good to have you with us once again, Nathan. Today, for the umpteenth time. 22nd. 22nd visit to Manson Mitchell. We've been on 14 years. She's been on 22 times. We're talking about Kelly Sullivan Walden. She is, she's been known variously as, uh, to us, the dream lady. She's a dream boat, but she's also the dream doctor. That's right. And there might be one or two other appellations, because I need to update with her every time we bring her on. There, She is someone who puts herself out there in a way that is compelling and always enjoyable. And we learned something too. I believe you have some mad props. I do. Okay. Why don't you read those? Do the honors. All right. Kelly Sullivan Walden is on a mission to awaken the world to the power of dreams. She is the award-winning author of the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle Cards and app. And Gary and I pull our Hero's Journey Dream Oracle card once every Saturday morning. As a dream expert, Kelly is a regular guest on many national talk shows, including The Dr. Oz Show, Ricky Lake, The Real, Bethany, Coast to Coast, and Hallmark's Home and Family. Her latest work of heart, Awakened Dreamer Oracle Cards, empowers dreamers to wake up to their ability to access love, beauty, wisdom, and soul-fulfilling splendor even in a pandemic. There is much more to say about Kelly, including all of her books, which we will talk about at the bottom of the hour break. But in the meantime, for the 22nd time, welcome to Manson Mitchell Kelly. And it's good to see you on Zoom. 
<laughs> it's so great to be with you too. Wow. I feel like this is as close as it gets to being in the room with you. I'm so excited. 22nd. And wow, if I had known, I would have put on some makeup. I normally don't do this. You are gorgeous, my dear. Well, I'll tell you, you You have a natural beauty. I'm looking at you right here. And I must say, ladies and gentlemen, and I really mean this, that ordinarily your attention to detail in makeup is enough to send ladies at the Clinique counter into early retirement. But but here you are, you are, you're like uh, Kelly unplugged. <laughs> just Totally, <laughs> totally. Un- unplugged, ah! maybe. And so <laughs> there you are, and you join us. It's wonderful to be able to see you as well as talk to you and for the first mm. time, too. And yeah. here we are, it's, it's one of those wacky weekends. Anything can happen weekend, Super Bowl weekend. We don't know what's going to go on. There's a festive air, and part of yeah. that, I think, uh, Kelly, and Maybe you feel the same way. There's a sense in 2021 of people wanting to get as close as they can to be entertained, to entertain themselves despite the pandemic. And it gives us a sense of fighting back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I have to admit, sorry for to offend anybody, but I'm not a big Super Bowl person, but I'm, I feel like this is my Super Bowl, getting to be with you two for the, for the 22nd time. But it does feel like in general, we're seeing how resourceful we are in like, we won't be stopped. We're social creatures and we want to have a good time. We want to live while we're alive and we're finding sneaky inadvertent ways to do it and some people are you know paying the price in terms of getting sick getting out there my family we celebrated christmas a couple months ago and my nephew turned out to have covid and so the whole family went into paranoid lockdown all tested none of it no no one else got it but him but it was like okay there's a price we pay for kind of sneaking outside the lines so i feel like we're we're back inside the lines but we still want to have as much fun as possible and dreams are actually one way where we can defy all of those barriers and all of those limits we are truly unlimited when we dream and if we remember the dreams and talk about them in our waking lives then it's almost like we got this free trip around the world and we don't and there's no price to pay on the back end your most recent accomplishment, and there are more on the way, but the Awakened Dreamer Oracle cards. I've been pulling one every day, Kelly, mm. and today's card Ooh. was, I'm <laughs> having you on, and the card is-, is Contagious Joy. And I thought, oh my oh. gosh, how perfect, because when we get on the uh, on air with you, it is joyful. And so Aww. today is all about contagious joy. And we hope to spread that around instead <laughs> of the pandemic. The way you two are talking reminds me of eighth grade when we watched a film starring Count Spirochete. <laughs> contagious <laughs> joy, spread the joy, spread the love. And then you wind up getting a shot during an embarrassing exam. And then you have to explain to your parents. Wow. And that was contagious. definitely not the case in my school. <laughs> <laughs> Nor mine. The parents were the last to know. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well, let's just, we'll, we're spreading the joy. I feel so joyous. I feel like you guys are family. It's, it's yes. really wonderful to be Us with you. Us too. Us too. Well, we're going to, we're going to start at the beginning here. And that is, I have a box of Awakened Dreamer Oracle cards. Today I pulled Awakened Joy, many cards in here, and I've, I've pulled as many since I got the box. But you're talking about remembering your dreams. What yeah. is an Awakened Dreamer? Why, why awake? I mean, daydreams? Yeah. What are we talking about? Well, it's, it's really the point. Like, um, I like to say that paying attention to dreams is is a lovely intellectual exercise it's good for the brain it's good for it's kind of like you know in the same way that doing a a crossword puzzle is just good for the brain but beyond that what's the point why would why would we want to go out of our way to pay attention to something that's it's not easy to pay attention to dreams we have to we they're they're awkward we as soon as we wake up they disappear so what's the point and and i like to say that the reason we go after dreams is because we really want to be awake people we want to the the whole goal if we're just going to pull back the curtains is to step into a space of 
awakening, to be lucid in the dream that we're having, not necessarily at night, although that's fine, but to become more awake people. Our dreams reveal vital information about our health, our well-being, our relationships, whatever challenges or issues we're grappling with, and there's always something on our plate. And if we pay attention to those dreams, we we tend to do better. We tend to be a more awake version of ourselves. So over the years, I've I've discovered I've there's so many things I could say about what it is to be an awake dreamer, an awakened dreamer from my perspective, but I've I've distilled it into five things. So maybe at some point I can talk about those things to add some clarity to this wild conversation. Why not now? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I'm ready. I have my pen and paper in hand. If okay. you're going to talk about five steps to becoming awakened dreamer, I want to know what those five steps are and I'm going to write them down. Okay. All right, here we go. So I, I'm going to give you the overview and then we can dial into them more deeply. And I'd love to hear your perspective on each one. So I use just use the hand for number five for five things. So the first one, it's like the the finger looking up, pointing to pointing to the North Star. It's it's to remember that we are at one with the one. We're always, no matter what's going on, no matter what challenges we're facing, our challenges are a symptom of having fallen prey to duality. But there's something that happens when we just remember, no matter what things look like, no matter what the pandemic is, no matter who's sick, no matter what's going on, intrinsically, we're in a unified field. We are at one with one another. We are at one with all of life. So that's the one. And I'll stop there and I'll move into number two. And we can, unless you guys want to want to say something about that, because I, I feel no. the percolating happening. Gary? No, <laughs> just jump in as uh, required. <laughs> number two is to become at, to get to be at peace with duality from the perspective that we signed up to be here. We signed up to be in duality. So let's make the best of it. And I've got a lot to say about that. The three is to look for the threes. Look for the when things important things happen in threes. And also there's this notion of triangulation in terms of being able to wake up and get to where we want to be and have what we want to have in our lives. Four is fortune favors fullness. To approach our lives, to approach our day from the perspective of how grateful and full we already are. And I'll say more about that later. And the five, the fifth one, the be all end all, the ultimate way to be an awakened dreamer is to remember what you were like when you were five, is to let the child out of the gate. And in some way that connects us to the fifth dimension, I believe, which is really where it's at. So that's the nutshell. <laughs> I remember when I was five, my Halloween costume, and this is two weeks in a row I'm talking about this. I must be obsessed. This is oh, a good. fixation of mine. Great. First Halloween costume that I can recall mm-hmm. was <laughs> I was dressed up as Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> I had my, my little plastic sword. I was the terror of kindergarten as oh Zorro. Oh, God. I bet you were adorable with your little mask. I'm I'm sure sure cape and everything. Oh I'm... yeah, no, it was it was quite the time there, the hat and the whole bit. So I, I'm and it wasn't even homemade. I mean, there was a kit that you could get, probably Disney. They own the rights Why to not? it. It was a Disney show. And so I would put that on and uh I had fun. And they uh, kindergarten teacher, Miss Weiss, had me demonstrate my swordsmanship, which was a little <laughs> rusty. There being five and all, I hadn't exactly gone through my developmental phase yet. I was just trying the thing out. I didn't mean to poke that girl in the back with it. Um, sure. <laughs> so, okay. Put away that sword. It was an accident. It, right. uh, that was my claim. Believe me, I, I pled that one down to a misdemeanor, as I recall. But being Zorro, there was magic to me. Yeah. Watching it on TV, uh, yeah. typically Sunday nights, was magic. And when you say go back to five years old, and think, put it in context, there is a magic to living. It's a magical universe only until, and I don't blame the school system entirely for this. I mean, there's parental influence, peer pressure and the like. Right. But when you get to a certain age, certainly by your teen years, you start to feel this pressure to conform and to fit into various yeah. systems. Mm-hmm. And with that, your imagination 
is confined. It, there's, it, there are parameters beyond which you are not allowed to go without suffering consequences. Right. And I think in terms of well, if I'm dreaming, that's where I'm free to create my own universe. And I'm in charge of that. That's my time. And I can be as creative as I please without punishment. Right. Exactly. It's like we are, we're, the five-year-old self hasn't developed an ego and the five-year-old self, for most of us, the priority is play and fun. And most of us adults, we've, it's important that we become adults, but the goal is, okay, now that we have, we're pretty, we're rocking the adult thing. We're, we're responsible, but let's now let's take it to the next place, which is to be grounded and responsible. And now let's play, let's have fun and let's have contagious joy. What about you, Suzanne? What were you like when you were five? You know, I I was trying to remember five and there's an incident that just popped in, but I don't know mm. if I was five or maybe six, seven, eight, but somewhere in mm-hmm. right around that time frame, I can remember I got one of those balls that's about, mm. um, oh, 10, 12 inches in diameter, yeah. uh, a bouncy ball. Somebody <laughs> gave it to me, parents, and I was out in the backyard and I, I tossed it into the air and I caught it. So this is at the point where you're learning to, you know, use your body to be able to, you know, learn how to catch things and all of that. And I I took the ball and I threw it a little bit higher and I caught it and I threw it a little bit higher and I caught it. And this was very exciting for me to not only throw it up rather straight, but to be able to catch it once it came back down. And I I can remember this very distinctly. Mm -hmm. I was, I was continuing to throw it up higher and to catch it. And I threw it up at one point and I thought to myself, I had to be careful because I could throw it so high it wouldn't come back down. Whoa. And I mean, you talk about powerful. And I, and, yeah. and I thought, I'm going to throw that ball so high, I won't have it anymore. It's <gasps> just going to like go out into outer space. <sighs> So that was the kind of powerful, powerful little girl I was. I had to really watch my own power. I better not throw that ball too high. Oh, I get it back again. And really, (laughs) this is, this is, this Suzanne right here. This is enlightened. This is like, you're still, you're still a grown up. You're still, you're not doing anything crazy, but you're, you're remembering this vitality and this out of the box thinking. This is bridging the gap between our rational self and our playful dreamer infinite self. And the one, and it feels like a quick, easy way to do it is by just recalling the five-year-old self. And it's contagious because I'm having all kinds of memories of my five-year-old self as well. And I just remember having, we literally had a little tiny patch of dirt in the backyard, but it was a treasure island. And I would take my mom's jewelry and I would bury it in the backyard like I was a pirate. And um, where's my necklace? Oh, I have a map for that. And, oh, <laughs> but gosh, it was like, I love that. <laughs> I mean, it was like this little, if you saw it, it was like a patch of dirt. And, but it was like, there were pirates and there were boats and it was, <laughs> it was so How much. imaginative. <laughs> my, you my were an explorer way back then. Exploring. But, but to be able to take that in, I mean, really, I think that's the point. It's to just open up that magic. And that's part of what we get when we talk about dreams, but we can really access it. I don't know. This is just one of those ways. And really, I think if we were to calibrate the vibration of us having this conversation, we'd see that the energy is raised. There's yes. something like the, a portal is opened up. I mean, if we're going to get fancy and new agey about it, but it's really quite simple and easy to do. I've had this experience before when I was talking with somebody and we were recalling like big successes that we had or psychic moments. And in that exchange of something wonderful happening, the vibration does get, get raised. And so, you know, if you've lived enough years, you have plenty of experiences to draw on and how I'm going to say the awakened dreamer is drawing on the positive experiences. There's, Mm -hmm. there's, if you're going to remember 
the bad times. If you can remember, you know, getting spanked or setting the house on fire or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's a downer. <laughs> right. But if you can yeah. remember the incidents that you had where you got an A plus on your paper, you got 100%, you know, in school or, you know, something happened that was wonderful for you that raised your energy, I can see where it would raise your energy again. So mm -hmm. is that kind of one of the things involved with the uh, Awakened Dreamer Oracle cards is just raising yeah. your vibration? I think that's a that's a big piece of the puzzle. Um, when whenever somebody comes to me with a really happy, joyous dream, whether they they swim with the dolphins or they're flying or they're winning the lottery or having just a, an incredible experience, they they'll often say, oh, and then I woke up. And I realized it was just a dream. And there's this kind of sadness that follows. And I'm quick to say the dream isn't over just because you woke up. The dream is a parallel experience and you can dip back into it. In fact, grow it over time. So in the remembering of it, in the sharing of it, it becomes this wavelength that becomes more accessible over time. And it's like that with these other positive experiences as well. And it's not about ignoring the things that are that it's like, if it bleeds, it leads those things that we naturally want to gravitate to our limbic brain is so quick to grab onto. It's fine to pay attention to those things, but I think we have to go out of our way to remember those things that do lift us up to a higher place. And once we, once we, once it grabs hold, then it has its own momentum. And I think from that place, like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. So if we want to be practical here, if we want to be intelligent adults that are solving problems, then it behooves us to actually get out of the wavelength that creates the problem and get into this higher plane. And then I think we're, we're more lucid in our ability to navigate this dream that we're having right now, because P.S., this is a dream, people. <laughs> it's an awesome dream to be with you guys. And for us, too. Kelly, do you think when people remember negative stuff that's happened to them or oh, they yeah. dreamt about it, is there, rather than just putting it in the box that says that was a bad thing, right? is it, is it possible that people remember things that happened to them that were negative so that they can remember that they overcame those or that's not what's happening right now is there is there is there another perspective yeah. that you can get mm -hmm. on on is there a way to improve yourself energetically or get into a good space energetically even by remembering your nightmares and your bad dreams well absolutely um so most of my practice has been focused in that area in helping people to resolve their nightmares. And I believe that nightmares re recur. And even we could say even just unpleasant, stressful, anxiety ridden dreams that we wouldn't even put in the hardcore nightmare category. Um, they, they happen because I believe they're trying to get our attention because they're showing us in some way where we're out of balance in our waking lives. There's a reason we have like an indicator light that comes on in our car. It's not just there to, to annoy us. It's trying to tell us you're running out of oil or you're, you're, there's, some, there's some system in the engine that needs to be looked at. So our nightmares, I think, are really unsung heroes of our subconscious mind that need their props. They need attention, not just so they can torture us, but so that we can resolve it. It's like, think of being like Zorro <laughs> on the case or like, we're going to hunt down. I don't, I, I don't know the whole story about Zorro. I know there's a, a sword in Zorro right here, but it's, like a, <laughs> but it's like a superhero. It's like, we, we want to call on this part of ourselves that can go in and and figure this out and then resolve it. For example, there's there's one dream that comes to mind that that's in one of the chicken soup. It's chicken soup for the soul dreams and premonitions about this woman that was having terrible terrible stomach aches, and in her dream, she is pulled over by a policeman, and he says he gives her a breathalyzer test, and she's very disturbed by this, and he says. When he looks at the results, he says, you're absolutely lactose intolerant. And she wakes up from this dream and she was very upset because she was getting getting um, taken off to jail for being lactose intolerant. But in her waking life, she realized 
wow, I, maybe I am lactose intolerant. So she did some investigating and it turns out, yeah, that was the cause of her horrible stomach aches. She hadn't considered that. So her dream, as unpleasant as it was, sometimes the more unpleasant the dream, the more it's able to capture our attention, happened so that she could take some preventative action so that she wouldn't get con continue to get more and more sick so she could get back on track. So in some ways, I mean, that's a light, a lighter nightmare. There are some that are bigger and darker that are dealing with heavier issues, but the principle is the same. They're trying to get our attention so that we can resolve whatever the issue is that they're pointed towards so that we can get on with our lives in a more healthy, balanced way. Let's go ahead and take our break now because I want to come back to this, Kelly, okay. this idea of experiencing these dreams, deriving the meaning, but also... I have found myself recently, in fact, directing my dreams, and that's not a typical experience for me. When I recall dreams, I'm not in the driver's seat, so to speak, and yet lately I have found myself directing and even stopping dreams. And I would like to discuss wow. that with you when we come back, where you know, you're in the director's chair in the middle of a dream. So... Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. This is the Zorro Hour. <laughs> and after a short break, Manson Mitchell will show up with or without swords. And, we and will with talk the bouncy to ball that goes to all the way to heaven. Absolutely. And don't lose track of it. Kelly Sullivan Walden is our guest. We're talking about dreams. What dreams may come on the other side of this break. You're tuned in to Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. And we will be right back. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Martin Soa for the first time with his fascinating life story called The Other Side of Success, a tale of mastery and mystery. On Saturday, Catherine Alice returns with her annual visit to tell us unusual ways that couples have gotten together and how you can do that even in a pandemic. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our very special guest this hour, making her 22nd appearance. Oh my gosh. The dream doctor, Kelly Sullivan Walden. She's the author of Dream Oracle Cards, Dream Goddess Empowerment Deck, and 10 books, including bestsellers like Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dreams and the Unexplainable, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dreams and Premonitions, I Had the Strangest Dream, It's All in Your Dreams, Dreaming Heaven, and the Love, Sex, and Relationship Dream Dictionary. Her next book is that is coming out is called Luminous Humanness. 365 ways to go, grow, and glow to make it your best year yet. There is so much more to be said about Kelly Sullivan Walden. We call her the dream doctor because she has books, she has cards. It's wonderful. Now, Kelly, tell our listeners, what is your website? How can they connect with you? What is going on? Spill wow. it all, girlfriend. Thank you so much. You're so generous. I so appreciate that. Um, my website is kellysullivanwalden.com. 
And if that's too hard to spell, you can just go to IHadTheStrangestDream.com. And I have a, a wonderful Wednesday, I call it Wild Women Wednesdays. Suzanne has been a part of that and she helped to add it extra wildness to the to the already wildness that was there so every the first wednesday of every month it's a it's a dream circle for women and um so that's available i have a new um program coming up and we're actually in flux it's called right now it's it's called the magic zone but i think we're going to focus it on people who are wanting to write books so many people come to me besides wanting to know about how to pay attention to dreams and get them decoded because I've written a lot, they want to know how to get their books written. So my friend Aspen Mattis, who's a New York Times, a two-time New York Times bestselling memoirist, and I are putting our heads together and we're going to help people to get get her done, get their books written. So that's coming up. And I'll have more about that on my website. But for now, if people want to get, a, um, I have once a month, I um, pick somebody to do a free dream reflection for. So you can go on my website, send me your dream. And if I pick you, I'll give you a free dream reflection. And also there's lots of other goodies to sign up for a snooze meditation on Facebook. You can find me at Kelly Sullivan Walden dreams, Twitter and Instagram. It's Kelly S Walden. And I'm sure there's some other things, but, Oh, let me just say, if people want to pre-order luminous humanness on Amazon, um, I'm going to be doing a special launch for people. I'm uh, with extra bonus gifts and things like that. And so you can buy that book anytime. And um, anyway, that's kind of an exciting thing that's coming around the bend, luminous humanness. I love that. I'm sure that will be as wonderful as all the other things. And we have a whole portion of our bookshelf dedicated to Walden books. <laughs> we do. That's a fact. Kelly oh, S. Walden, you. I don't believe we follow each other on Twitter. So I'm going to make sure that happens. Yeah. Well, it's about time after 22 yeah. times of being together like this. Some things it's just the right time. And this is the first time we've done this video ability. So next time maybe we'll record it so we can show people, you know. Ooh, good idea. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, definitely it would. The part I want to talk about now yeah. is at times not the fun part for me, Kelly, when I have ah. dreams as I've mm. had lately, I can think of a couple of instances okay. where there was this crazy amalgamation of people from my past. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to me I was, I was talking to them in a place that didn't have a specific geographic location. You know how in some dreams, you know, yeah. oh, I'm in Seattle. And then next thing, oh, what am I doing in Las Vegas? And then I'm uh, writing up the Empire State Building. I'm going, what, is, what does all this mean? And that's the magic of dreams. You can right. be where you want to be or wherever your subconscious will take you. Wants you to be, right. So in the case of a couple of dreams recently, I have found myself engaged in arguments with people where it wasn't civil and the thoughts expressed were not particularly rational. And I can remember deciding i don't want to do this anymore and i will it's not that i said hey you guys go away i don't like your rational nonsense i mean that would have been okay it was actually more abrupt like eh, it hit the brakes as the director of the movie wow. in my mind and i woke myself up and well, i would tell suzanne about this afterward you know i didn't like that dream so i decided to stop having it that's unusual for me but lately it's happened a couple of times and so i'm curious about the mechanics of it well, I let's see. I don't know if I'll address exactly the mechanics. I'll try to. But my first hunch is you, Gary, as a conscious, as a being who's on a path of consciousness, it feels like this is a telltale sign of mastery. Being lucid in a dream and being able to call the shots in your dream. There's a relationship between what's happening in your dream and what's happening in your life. And, and you're, it's, it's definitely a telltale sign of you being an awakened dreamer. So, mm -hmm. so that to me is like props to you feather in your cap for that. Yeah. And, um, and I think, and it's great to not just have that experience, but then to share it. Because I think when we, this is your, everybody who's listening right now is thinking, wow, you mean if there's something unpleasant in my dream that I don't want to have to keep being a part of, I can, I actually have a say in the matter. Yes, we do. But sometimes we need to be reminded. This is very, very important. So, I mean, we could go further in the, in the 
uncovering of what that pattern is. Like if we, if you could say, you know, I don't know if you want to do this now, but if you could say what the quality of what was happening, if you could give it a word or two, how would you describe the energy that you weren't wanting anymore that you were saying enough to? Oh, yes. I said enough when instead of arguing the merits of the case, whatever it happened to be, ah. it was a it was a dispute that turned personal. And you know that moment, mm. we've all done it, we've all been there. We're in an argument. It's an argument. We're disagreeing about something. And so at some point, it's happened thousands of times, somebody says something, well, if you hadn't always been doing it, or you never kind right. of said, well, I wouldn't expect any better of you because, you know, and there's this into of you there and it starts to get personal. Now we're not talking about the thing under discussion. We're talking about personalities. Right. And I found myself going, I don't want to go there. I didn't start this discussion for the purpose of it throwing mud at each other. Knock it off. Oh, it feels like that, that famous line in the movie war games. It's like the only way to win is to not play is to disengage. So it feels like there's some, there's, I mean, if it were my dream, I would think there's some part of me that's aware that it's like what I said earlier about the Einstein quote, you, the, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. It's like, Ooh, nope, uh -uh, I'm not going to, I've touched that hot potato long enough. My hands are burned. I'm dropping it. I'm going to rise to another place. This is, I'm, I'm switching gears. And it's interesting. I had a dream similar to this a couple nights ago. And I was, and somebody was saying, well, how would you, how do you want to fight this? And I said, and it's like, I really thought about it. I said, I'm, we all need a North star. And I, this was almost an exact quote. I said, I'm calling on Martin Luther King and Gandhi to be nonviolent. There's, it's never okay to be violent. And I, it's, and so I was kind of creating the mob in my dream, which of course is a reflection of myself. Everyone in the dream is who we are, is us. So I was redirecting the people in my dream that were going to go for blows to to look at the North Star, which is imagining Gandhi and Martin Luther King. What would they do? And then re reassessing and not getting into a big fight. So I think there's something going on culturally that may be informing the the throwing of mud. And then and those of us who are wanting to be in the solution, I think we have to feel the pain in order to then administer the medicine for ourselves and then for the ripple effect that we can have on, on others. So I'm with you, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. There's a way through you're looking yeah. for the through line that will yeah. take you out of this very disagreeable situation. I use the crude method. I just decided I'm going to stop having this dream. I'm done. And I woke myself up, which takes a certain degree of self-awareness. Yeah. You decide, I don't want to have this dream anymore instead of letting it play out. Yes. And I would say, I want to say one other piece to this. Um, this might sound really abstract, but, and, and I almost feel like I'm starting to float away because it feels like it's kind of a big thing. Um, but with a dream that, that is, that isn't perfectly resolved. Like I would say this dream is on the road to resolution because you woke, you stopped the pattern, but I wouldn't say that it ends on a high note. It's, it's moving there. So I, when, whenever a dream is unpleasant, there's some part of me that wants, that isn't complete with the dream until I ask the dream maker, like, what's the big picture here? What is the end game of this dream? Where are you trying to take me to? What would enlightenment look like in this scenario? And imagine that you could press the fast forward button on the remote control of your dream movie and get to that end scene where you become the awake version of you and you get it. It's like that Groundhog's Day moment at the end of the movie where he's like, ah, I'm going to save the cat. I'm going to save the girl. I'm going to do the thing. I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to get all this stuff right. And then have an awake version inside that dream. And to me, that's, that's where the juice is. And then we apply that to what's happening in our life. And that is, that's awakened dreaming. So nightmares are great for that because it's, they're always pointing like an X marks the spot to a place of some unresolved tension. It's like the exact spot. If we're going to do surgery on ourselves, this is the spot to do it. We don't have to do surgery on our whole bodies, our whole psyche, just on that spot. So it's really important. Nightmares are great. It was beautiful, Gary. 
thank you. I've never heard anybody say nightmares are great, but they're great yeah. teachers. That's yeah. what I'm getting. This, this is an alchemical process. Yes. And you go at it, not all at once. That would be a rare instance. But to be able to work your way through your dreams to derive benefit from them deliberately. That's why I guess you would say it's a good idea to journal. Yes, exactly. Exactly. On the Dr. Oz show that I did a couple of years ago, there was a woman who came in um, who was on the show who kept having a sense that there was something wrong with her baby and that she needed to be operated on. But the doctors refused to operate on a baby, a brand new baby, when there was no idea, like, where are we supposed to operate? We're not just going to cut open a baby. So they they forced her to have to, because she kept coming back to the, to the, to the emergency room. They said, you've got to give us a, at least a place to start. And so she dreamt that it was in her, it was in the baby's colon and it was in the right side. And she was able to pinpoint where, but she was, her dream helped to focus her attention to the physical spot where they, and then they opened the baby up and turned out she had, it was necrotic and she, the baby might've died had they not done the surgery. And the baby is now in her, she's now a 25 year old girl who's thriving, but this, this dream and this instinct saved her life, but they did need to get specific. So that's what, that's the beauty of a nightmare. It'll bring you to that X marks the spot space. What were you about to say, Suzanne? I was uh, kind of segueing and going back to something that you said uh, when you were talking with Gary, and that was something about um, culturally we're um, adversarial or something Mm -hmm. that you were saying. And it got me to thinking about um, Mm. how a culture is, and especially how a culture is in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And, and now we're in a culture where we've lived through it for almost a year. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm hearing, you know, in the last day or two that we could be looking toward the end of this, getting the vaccines out, you know, getting people um, uh, mm-hmm. on the road to not having the pandemic here in yeah. the United States where we've had it so brilliantly. <laughs> and, um, and I'm wondering what, what it is that people are dreaming about if it's, if it's culturally related, if we're dreaming more adversarially, are we also dreaming more pandemically Yes. Oh, absolutely. In fact, there's a there's a study that's been going on almost since the beginning that's that's tracking pandemic coronavirus pandemic dreams and there are there are themes and it is it's almost like we are one big body um and we're all, we all represent a cell in that body and we're all together trying to figure out how to overcome this and when we're and we're coming to solutions we are but some of the some of the dreams that people have had have been there's there have been a lot of fighting dreams and fighting with with unknown energies and um end of end of times dreams a lot of um armageddon kind of dreams and also fighting bugs um so there has been something there and also just even more behavioral. So I've talked to so many people that have dreamt about wanting to hug somebody and then getting electrified or something really bad happening if they hug somebody. So we're having to learn some behavioral cues that we didn't have to know before so that we can survive better. If, if people are dreaming more about fighting. Yeah. Does it make any sense to you, especially fighting bugs, um, (laughs) that we are looking to fight the virus and and defeat the virus? Is that maybe part of what it is that we're dreaming about as a culture? Fighting the virus isn't, the fighting doesn't have to be fighting each other. It could be fighting the enemy and the common enemy right now is the pandemic. That's very true. Yeah, I believe that is what's happening. And we're finding in every dream, we could say that fighting dreams, it's like a general umbrella topic, but every single one is specific. And, and I know that I've had I've had my own and I know that they're very much about like if we really put a microscope on top of those dreams and look at what's happening in those dreams, we are fighting, I believe, in general for 
we're, we're figuring out new ways to survive in a difficult circumstance. We're becoming better survivors. We're finding ways like here's a block. We can't go here. Well, we're finding little ways to maneuver around. I can't remember what was that movie about Alcatraz. I guess Alcatraz was the movie. It's like you're in prison, you're locked down, but you you get a little spoon and you figure out how to how to carve your way out. Like we 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 will not be stopped as humans. We're we're becoming really resourceful. We're becoming in some way one of the one of the silver linings of this really difficult time is that we're becoming more resourceful people. I believe we're becoming more, um, we're finding ways to connect and to express ourselves. We're discovering new talents. We're discovering new ways to express. We're discovering zoom. We're connecting in some ways, in ways that we hadn't before. And for some of us, we're closer to our families and certain friends than we were before. We're, we're fighting for, our spirits. So we're not just going down with the ship. Yeah. I, I, I think I told this story years ago, but it, it's been brought back to mind. And that is a, um, a, a, what we would call a primitive culture was based on dreams. And the little boy goes to his grandfather and says, Oh, I dreamt the tiger was chasing me. And, and, you know, I had to wake up. It was a terrible dream. And the grandfather says, you need to go back into that dream and, and face the tiger. And so, and, and beat the tiger somehow, overcome the tiger. And so the little boy, the next night went back into the dream and the tiger became a stuffed animal. Mm. And so it, it wasn't this ferocious thing that was going to eat him. It was now something that he could hold and hug. And the, the fear about the tiger went away, which, exactly. is, which is what the grandfather was advising him to do is, um, you know, don't, don't fear that. Right. And so when you're talking about new ways to survive, if we're, if our survival is, oh my gosh, I'm going to be eaten by a tiger or, oh my gosh, I'm going to get COVID, then it seems like we can use our dreams to yes. not be eaten by the tiger, or we can use our dreams to somehow energetically protect ourselves from being part of the horrific pandemic. Exactly. Well, in some way there, it's the going back in. I absolutely agree with this, with this story that you just told to go back in and to not allow the dream, not allow the nightmare to be something that tortures you and that, that scares you. So you become afraid to go to sleep at night. It's like you go in, go after it. You become the hunter and the scary thing becomes the hunted. And it's not yeah. just so that you come to peace that's a big part of it, but it's also so that you learn something. I believe that these, the adversarial seeming characters have a gift for us and they don't stop coming around until we receive the gift. One of the dreams that I had for a long time was the series. And Suzanne, you might've heard me talk about this in the wild women workshop, but I like lots of wolves chasing me. Yes. I lots remember. of wolves. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of wolves and and finally the the last one was a pack of them coming after me and me just running and thinking i need to turn and face them and i'm like screw that no they're going to eat me and my dogs running 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 but then i finally come to a place where i realize this has got to stop i need to, so i in my dream space i was able to go in and kind of do the fast forward thing where I was like, okay, what do you have to teach me? Even if you're going to bite me and eat me and devour me. I know that that saying, how do you be, how do you survive the wilderness become the wilderness? So it was like, from that perspective, I let the wolves just devour me in this fast forward motion until I came out the other side as this wolf woman that was, that had all of these wolves as part of my pack and they had my back and they were with me. And the interesting thing that happened after that, because there's always some real world confirmation that comes when we get it right. I was out at an event, this was pre-COVID and I was sharing this dream with somebody randomly because she 
couldn't understand how nightmares could possibly be good things. And I was giving her an example. And, and a few minutes later, some guy that I had known 20 years before said, Hey, Wolf. And I was like, and I turned around just because I had Wolf on the brain. And he said, Kelly, well, we always used to call you Wolf, right? And I said, no, no one has ever called me Wolf before. That's not my nickname. But he was insisting that my nickname was Wolf and that that had been a previous nickname of mine. And it just was like, okay, I'm going to accept that on some parallel plane that was true, but not in this life. Anybody who knows me would say, no one's ever called you Wolf, Kelly. That's not your thing. But it's like I somehow embodied it. And every time I think about that dream, I feel I feel stronger. I feel like they gave me this gift. I, it does make me feel more like, come on, come on, life, come and get me, even with COVID. I mean, not that I want to get it. Of course, I'm, you know, none of us are invincible, but it does right. make me feel more powerful. I'm less afraid. I like that. I do too. You're a big time marketer now with all of your cards and you have <laughs> these guides and whatnot. I have a product I'd like you to market for me, Kelly. You can do it like no other. You got it. What it's is a throwback it? to the 90s. There, there were these meditation books and they appealed especially to women. I remember going to a brick and mortar bookstore and I saw a book called Meditations for Women Who Do Too Much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then one shelf below, Meditations for Women Who Run With the Wolves. Yes. And I thought, now, oh a, well, a smart guy could make a hybrid out of that. I want to write a book called Meditations for Women Who Do Too Much Running with the Wolves. <laughs> I think you could have fun with that. And somebody who is unconsciously operating like a she-wolf would probably know how to put that out to the public. I think we'll make you, millions. You, you know, actually, you've got something there. There is a, a dream animal deck that I've been wanting to <laughs> what I've been wanting to do. So I feel Ooh. like this may be the catalyst to do that. And Ooh. I'm gonna give you a big thank you right at the upfront on that, Gary. <laughs> you know, I and I've uh, gone in for this myself a little bit. I admire ravens. I admire crows. And I'm told that's not my totem animal. I don't know one way or the other. They say bear. Okay, I like bears at a distance there. But people having totem animals is a kind of cool thing because yeah. you, you relate to the qualities you admire in this animal and you emulate them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think it's important. It's, and I think culturally, we're, uh, there's a lot of big animals showing up in dreams these days. I think our spirit animals are coming out in droves. So one more reason to pay attention to dreams and become more of an awakened dreamer. I love that. Kelly yeah. Sullivan Walden. We're putting number 22 in the book. Yep. 22. Woo. We hope that you have a great weekend, Kelly. You're going to watch Super Bowl? Um, at, a, at a distance, out of the corner of my eye. I'll wink at it. And Us I'll think too. of you guys <laughs> on right. TV an hour away from where it's being played. Fascinating. <laughs> wow. Kelly will make it visit number 23 as soon as possible. We always love visiting with you. You are a treasure. You two are amazing. I literally am having the best awakened dream right now being, I would just mwah, mwah, kiss you if it wasn't COVID time. So I'm sending you virtual hugs and kisses and I appreciate you so much. You two are such a power couple and I really, really love you. Thank you, Thank for you me Kelly. On. We love you too. Coming up next, Jupiter rising. Enjoy the big game tomorrow, everyone. Stay healthy, stay safe out there.